0: welcome along to another episode of the All Out Football podcast. Now another weekend of Premier League action has taken place, the international break has has gone, we're back into the swing of things and it's quite a busy period now because we're approaching Christmas, the games are coming thick and fast, nearly towards the halfway point of the season but there's still a long way to go and there are plenty of talking points and to join me for this episode to talk about the latest instalment of Premier League fixtures. I'm joined by Sumit Haldar. Hello, Sumit. Hey, how are you? I'm okay. How are you?
1: Good, good. Monday, after a it's busy a mon- weekend.
0: Yeah, it's a Monday, Monday evening we're recording this on the 22nd of November. Um, it, it's, it's been a busy weekend of football, plenty to talk about. How would you, how would you sum up what you've seen so far? in the Premier League season up until this point?
1: Well, it's uh, close to, I guess, what, uh, 12th uh, game week uh, in the Premier League. So almost like um, one third of the league is done, right? Um, And when we started the league, uh, we had four clear favourites, I would say, right? Um, you know, after the transfer window that uh, some of the teams, big teams had, United, Chelsea, City, um, they were clear favorites. And now it's kind of boils down to three, literally, because United, as we know, that's kind of, you know, uh, falling apart uh, at the moment. Um, And then, you know, we are pleasantly surprised with the rise of West Ham and the work that uh, is being done um, by Moes, right? Um, and it's a continuous progress, which is very good to see that West Ham are continuously doing, and they have the right mix of players. But um, from the from you know from a high level, there is no surprise. We still see dominant three teams, you know, going for the title. Obviously, Chelsea and Manchester City probably they have the edge. Um, compared to Liverpool, because of probably the squad depth, probably because of the transfer business that they have done uh, in summer, um, um, and 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 uh, bit of a surprise that Leicester City is is kind of in the bottom uh, half of the table, um, given that the what they did in the transfer uh, during the summer transfer window, um, you know, I thought that they would uh, by this time. They would find some kind of a form, and um, but they, they they were pretty uh, pretty poor actually uh, last weekend. So from that perspective, uh, nothing has changed uh, since the beginning of the trend, you know the, the season. Uh, still, the top three pretty much dominant, and there are like three four teams with the resurgence of. Arsenal and um, obviously West Ham doing good work. And then obviously with manager changes in, in, um, in um, you know, Tottenham, right? they are also in the mix. So kind of the fight for the fourth spot, but top three teams are still dominant. And obviously there's the below the table, there are three teams which now have the opportunity to come out of the relegation zone, right? so that's pretty interesting and, and actually the results of last weekend was pretty um pretty good because they now have done and that the gaps between those last three teams in the relegation zone versus the other teams who are close to the relegation zone are not that big right if you look at it norwich who had got a win with a new manager in you know the the the, the gap is not so big it's like four points from the 16 spot right if i'm not mistaken so it's not big. Still, they can make up to that. And obviously, you know, um, uh, Newcastle with a new manager, new ownership, but new hopes, right, um, will have the chance to also close that gap. So all in all, um, I think it's it's a quite an interesting and intriguing uh, season after the 12-game week. Well, it could do some interesting
0: and intriguing Headlines for the Premier League Since this is the first season in Quite a well, while we've had crowds back as well So because of the pandemic So I think well, Let's start of course with the big News that obviously Manchester United have, uh, have Sacked their manager uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, Three years in the job or, uh, it's, been, it's been It's felt like quite a long time um, Let's put it that way But I think sumit it's it's come down to poor results um players which i get the impression are not playing for, for the manager and we had harry it on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago after united were thrashed by liverpool 5-0 and that's exactly what he felt is that the players have just down tools or just can't be can't be asked to play for the manager anymore and it's quite the predictions from from roy keane in the past have been true that these are the same players who will disown Oli after, after Jose Mourinho. So I think Sumit, it's fair to say that Oli Gunasol has paid the price of poor results and the team just hasn't done very well. But I suppose now the question is who's next.
1: Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the million dollar question, right? Of who is next, who is going to take the job, uh, of this Manchester United side, uh, a club as big as Manchester United. And it's not just a club, it's a brand, right? It's a household name across the globe. Um, <clears throat> but you know what? I mean, I, 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 yeah, the players are supposed to be blamed, yes, because they play for the manager, they play for the fans, they play for themselves too, right? But I think Manchester United, it's... Uh, it's a sad story from top to down. I mean, we are, you know, rival fans can make fun of it. You know, we kind of have the usual banter, but it's kind of a, has reached that point of, it's a kind of a sad story um, at across all levels. You start with the board, the decisions of the board. You start with recruitment. You start with, you know, long-term strategy, vision, selection process, right? Some of the key um, players, right? Um, And it's all reflected in the 90 minutes. uh, And and we blame the players. Yes, they're supposed to be blamed because they are paid uh, for that, to do the job. But I think it's a culmination of everything in summed into those 90 minutes. And yes, um, look, Solskjaer was not meant for this job. We know that. He knows that. He was an interim manager uh, trying, you know, was kind of, hired to just steady the ship. Now, I don't know what the United board was looking at um, and what was their vision behind it to give him a long-term contract because this was this was bound to happen. Um, I mean, in the last three years, I mean, he had been in the job for what? Three years now, To 2019 to 2021, three years, close to three years probably, right? I never felt that United has a, a solid system, a solid structure of, of, of uh, game plan. Um, There was individual brilliance. There were some, um, you know, dodgy penalties, whatever it is, right, in Champions League or in in, in Premier League. But they were never, there was never, uh, you know, you cannot find, uh, okay, this is their style. This is their brand of football, right? We know the United way of playing football, right? Um, So I don't know what the board was thinking of giving him a long-term contract, right? Um, And then this... Well, Watford, if, if Liverpool was not enough, if Manchester City was not enough, Watford just nailed it and he knew it. I mean, you could see from the gesture that, you know, he's waving his goodbye to the fans after the game and all that stuff, right? And, and in, in, there were moments of, in the game, I didn't watch the full game, but I watched, you know, uh, a little bit, um, the, the red card of, of Harry Maguire, right? that just typified what Manchester United is at this, at, at this moment in time. I mean, there was, he was slow to react. He knew he was on a re- yellow, right? He didn't apply his football sense, given that he is a professional player, a good quality player, a very good quality player, plays international football uh, for his country. And, and he is the captain of the site. So he has the responsibility, added responsibility, right? And he lost his head. So that's kind of sums it up how the United Board had reacted with the selection of Shah as an interim manager, give him the long-term, you know, uh, chance uh, a contract to him, and asking him to build the site. But to be honest with you, I, you know, I was, I, I'm, I'm thinking they, they probably hoping against hope that okay, they will get some good results. And then Ollie will be again back in charge till the end of the season. I think they had it in the back of the mind. I, 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 that's what I felt that, okay, Liverpool game, if there had been any other top side, that 5-0 against your, you know, arch rival, any manager would have been sacked. If you like Chelsea, well, forget about City, Chelsea, uh, you know, any other team, Tottenham, right, um, Arsenal. But it's, they waited till City where in the Second forty-five minute, like second half, they just toyed with them. It's just like embarrassing to watch, even right. Um, and then Watford, right? I mean, I don't know what they are thinking. Um, so, to your question, who is next? Um, it looks like Pochettino will come back to the Premier League. It's, it's you know, if 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 the way things are going, it seems. And the last I heard, that you know. Um, Psg board obviously has reached out to they have reached out to Zidane's team um, to get him on board, and that's their uh, backup plan. Would man. Pochettino and leave? Is a question for you. Would Pochettino really leave with Messi and
0: Neymar and Mbappe up front already to take on more European giants in the Champions League? Would he really leave that for the prospects playing for Manchester United
1: who are not yet secure with Champions League football? Good question. You know what? Um, if I am Pochettino and I'm thinking, um, League One, I mean, you know, domestically secure, they're 11 points ahead already, right? I mean, that's kind of, it's done. Even if they play the second tier team, it's probably done, right? So what are they playing for? They're playing for Champions League. They were so close last year, right? Um, well, last, last year. Um, I don't think they. he has, still has the team to win Champions League. They are a shambles at the back. Their midfield is not yet, uh, you know, there are holes in that midfield, right? They have some quality players, but still, and you have, okay, superstars at the front, but you can't ask Messi to run back at Pochettino style to press hard, right? Because that's Pochettino style, right? So, there are huge holes in that team. I don't think, and he knows it very well, that that team could be thrashed by a City side, by a Chelsea side, by a Liverpool side, uh, by a Bayern by Munich side, right? And is look, PSG owners, they are just they just want a Champions League trophy. He said, "There's holes. Right? There's
0: holes in the squad. There's holes in both the
1: PSG and the Manchester United squad at the moment. That's just." Exactly. True. That's true. But I, I would say that, okay, um, he would probably like to take, like, maybe, maybe he's more comfortable. He knows the league very well, the you know Premier League, right? So he knows some of these players well, right? And if he is uh, given a good, you know, uh, deal, then that could be, that. that's the way I'm looking at it right now. And if he can get Manchester United to the, you know, Champions League spot, Forget about the title. Um, that is a clear win. Hmm. So, you know, and I don't know whether he will go, you know, as an interim, you know, the what the news was like the board was looking for an interim manager till the end of the season. But I don't think Poch will take that. Well, Michael Carrick Probably he's looking for. Well, Michael Carrick is there at the yeah.
0: moment. Um I don't think he's been given for, from the board what what how long he will be in the job, but it's expected that Mark Carrot will be there for the Villarreal game in the Champions League, which obviously is coming up tomorrow. As, as we record this this episode, and obviously the next Premier League game is away to Chelsea, and then the next home game uh, in the Premier League is against Arsenal. So those those are two you could say two difficult games coming up. Obviously Chelsea is going to be difficult. Yeah. Arsenal having yeah. lost Liverpool, you, you don't quite know what's going there. But another manager that will this will be the last point on Manchester United before we move on to other discussion points. The other two Mm. managerial possibilities that are being spoken of are Zidane and also Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. So again, would Brendan Rodgers really leave Leicester to join Manchester United? It would probably be an offer that you couldn't turn down. But then, of course, you've got the Liverpool factor. Would he really want to go to, as a former Liverpool manager, would he go to one of Liverpool's big rivals? So very quickly, Sue. If you were thinking of Manchester United board, it seems if Maurizio Pochettino is their man, they want. Who do you think should really have the job? It's 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 a it's a million dollar question that everybody finds. But I've said to Harry Dunnett before, in terms of asking this question, who would really want the job? Because it seems like it's a very difficult job. A very it seems like it's, it's a cursed job at the moment.
1: It is. <laughs> it is. And um, like we had two superstar managers, proven managers failing in the job, right? We had Van Gaal, we had Jose Mourinho, right? Um, by the way, Jose Mourinho had titles in his favor to his defense, right? Um, it's, it's a very, very difficult job. It's probably the biggest job in the world and probably very, very difficult for this Manchester United side. Um, and there are, you know, I was talking about holes. There are a lot of holes in that Manchester United side. So, um, look, all the teams that you mentioned, uh, I think Zidane is out of question. Um, I don't think he, is, he, he wants uh, to come to Premier League. Um, between Rodgers and Pochettino, uh, I would say Pochettino would be better suited to take the job. Uh, Brendan Rogers, there's a Liverpool factor in it, yes, but I'm not going to read too much into it. Um, I think um, both the managers have uh, the ability and a proven track record to develop players. Um, but I think for Brendan Rogers, it would be, a bigger job uh, than Pochettino. Pochettino has managed a bigger club and a bigger uh, and some quality names for for now. The Harry Canes of the world, the Neymars and Mbappe and all that, right? So I think um, Pochettino would be the better option. Yeah. That would be my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's... There's all likelihood that it probably will be Pochettino, but again, we've asked we've asked that question whether he would leave PSG to join Manchester United. But um, I suppose another thing you could argue is whether this is actually really an attractive job anymore. Obviously, the likes of City and Liverpool uh, and Chelsea, yeah. you know, are, are, are clubs which are looking on the up, and where Man United. I'd also say Arsenal as well, thinking that maybe this isn't. These these two clubs in particular are actually not as lucrative as we've come to. Expect.
1: Interesting enough, interesting enough. Now that you say that, who would want to take that job, right? Antonio Conte was waiting before you know, um, Spurs contacted him. He was waiting after the Liverpool game, Liverpool game right? Um, if 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 news or rumors are to be believed, right for the phone call from the united board the united boat didn't think that conte was the right person because of his um the way he has worked in his last three jobs he has always asked for more money more money more investment all that kind of stuff right and uh, he he's also not known apparently to develop players from the academy to bring in new players new blood which kind of and that's what they're looking for so So, I mean, Ralph Ragnick, another another name, um, who is also interested in the job, apparently. And um, nobody, you know, has any confirmed um, report of anyone reaching out for Ralph Ragnick, who could be also a good, uh, you know, interim basis solution.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned Antonio Conte, because we will touch on him. In this episode, yeah. towards the end, towards the end of the episode, I just want to just make some few yeah. a few points um, about other managers. I also want to I also want to touch on what Arsenal. Uh, we want to talk about Arsenal in a minute, but I'm just going to say that obviously it was Steven Gerrard's first game as a Premier League manager at Aston Villa. the beat uh, obviously Brighton two nil. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how he how he gels in the Premier League. That um, he couldn't have asked for a better start, really. And obviously the man who left Aston Villa, Dean Smith. Obviously at Norwich now, Norwich got their first home win of the season. That's now only their second win of the season. They're be- beating Southampton. Seems like there could be a bit of morale at Norwich, maybe to try and um, pull up the table. Maybe there's no there's no reason why Norwich can't pull it off. Uh, I don't think anybody can say they're doomed just yet. As you said, Suit the, the, the table isn't like there are it's it's now looking tight to the bottom because Norwich are off the bottom. Newcastle now there, and Newcastle, they they, they uh, first game. Eddie Howe wasn't in charge because he couldn't be on the touchline because of COVID but Jason Tindall and of course Graham Jones are on the, the touchline they they scored three brilliant goals against Brentford but there's always that nagging doubt in the in the mind of Newcastle fans that they concede too many goals as well, that's going to be the problem for Newcastle going forward and, and Eddie Howe had his problems at Bournemouth with conceding lots of goals so that could be a bit of a worry but his first game in charge probably on the touchline is next week against Arsenal And I said we're going to touch on Arsenal, and we are. Because Arsenal, I don't know about you, Sumit, but Arsenal have been on a really good run before the international break. Obviously, those first three games of the season, they they were dreadful against Brentford, dreadful against Chelsea, woeful against Manchester City. And they've been on a, a very decent run since. And they're not in European competition this season. But after this late international break, they've gone away to Liverpool over the weekend, in the latest Premier League game for them. And they've been hammered 4-0. Now, I don't know about you, but it just seemed like it was same old Arsenal again, that they've just collapsed to a very good Premier League outfit. I don't know. Is that your take from it?
1: Uh, Yes and no, I would say. Um, The... First 45 minutes uh, kind of uh, showed some progress um, in the new arsenal that we are seeing right now, this season at least, right? Um, Make no mistake, uh, they made some investments last summer and probably they were the highest spent um, in the transfer market uh, among all the uh, English teams, right? Um, highest spend club, right? Um, so it's 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 not easy uh, in the first season with all the new players in and young players, right? Not experienced to to fit them in and to solve the puzzle, right? It takes time. That being said, the first three four games um, they were poor and obviously they were missing some key players. Yes, now. They built some momentum in the last 10 games. I think in all competitions, they were like 10 unbeaten, right? Um, and in the last five, six games, they were like, didn't concede any goals in all competitions or something like that, uh, the stats, what I read, which is great. So they solved, probably they got a good goalkeeper, um, 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 which is very good. Um, they got a new defensive partner, center back, center back partner, right? So, and then they have, in my opinion, they have three good players, young, talented, inexperienced, but full of energy, full of skill, full of talent, right? Uh, we have Spetro, we have Saka, and uh, we have uh, Odegaard, right? Um, I, I rate them very, very highly, right? Now, now the three to play together in the system that Arteta wants to play uh, probably will not work out in the same because then, they, they you know, it's 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 they they will have to have some kind of solidarity in the middle right so they have to he has to sacrifice one or the other the problem that arteta has that his front line is not firing now arsenal is still a work in progress given that he will not be able to solve all the problems right now it will be that arsenal's i think season will be I would say that against the smaller teams or the mid-table teams, if they can get wins, if they can, you know, from the losing positions, come back and at least get some, get a point or something like that, against the top four, they will struggle. Against quality opposition like City, um, Chelsea, Liverpool, they will struggle because it's still not there. That's why in the f- second half of what we saw against the Liverpool press, they just lost it. They lost it because... Inexperience showed, right? And then they had no way to find the channels or between the lines to get the ball out, right? You just saw in the first 30 minutes, yes, they were kind of trying to defend, defend from the plan, trying to play from the back, but they were not able to find the channels or the lines in between. And that's why they couldn't get the balls out to the midfielders to the front line. And obviously, you will not find um, too many chances against quality sides like City or Liverpool side. You will f- have to find one or two, and you have to score, and then hope that okay, you can defend that you know um, that goal or whatever you score, right? So that will not happen, and that's why they kind of in the second half was kind of showed kind of brought the worst Arsenal um, what we have seen in the last five six years at Anfield, and that typified it. But I think. I think I think Arsenal is a work in progress. If they can manage to get into Europe this season, um, not I'm not talking about Champions League. I'm talking about maybe Europa. Um, uh, you know um, that would be success uh, in my opinion. And but they're not far behind, is it right? They are kind of what like four points behind uh, West Ham now, since West Ham lost uh, this weekend. So they're not far behind. Um, and I think if they can spring some again another run of four or five games where they can win, um, I think they will be there. About and who knows? Uh, but they need they need some quality um, quality addition in the front because I think Abba Mayang is 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 not the answer. And 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 like yeah. I said, is the last six months of his contract. So I don't know what's going on with him. So they don't have the firepower in front to get them the goals, um, you know, which, you know, which the other teams like Chelsea or City or Liverpool, they have. Yeah, Yeah. you, you, you mentioned like th-
0: those are the key words, work in progress. I suppose the, f- the first half, they were competitive. And obviously, Aaron Ramsdale made some, made some excellent saves again in the Arsenal goal. And you, you also mentioned that the, 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 the race for the top four is nowhere near over. They can they can easily still finish. And don't forget, you look at the table now with twelve games played. There's no reason if, say, Chelsea, City, and Liverpool, you just you never know. We can't predict anything in football. If they start going on a, a bit of a barren run, and Arsenal start picking up points, they're only nine points off top spot. So a couple of wins, there's no reason why they can't be near near the top end of the table. But as you said, it is is a work in progress. Um, and Arsenal in the next couple of games, that that uh, apart from uh, Newcastle coming up as their next home game, they've got to play Manchester United away, and they've got to play West Ham very soon as well at home. So,
1: well, more than Manchester United, I think the West Ham game would be very um, crucial for yeah. them. Yeah, because West West Ham are in a good run. Obviously, they didn't have a good result last weekend, but they are in a good run. They are, they are, you know, they are. Confident, they're a confident bunch of players, they're getting goals, they're defending very well. Um, so I think that's that's going to be, I mean, United right now. I think any team would fancy playing against United right now. So, and this will be the, the final topic of discussion.
0: Uh, Sumit is, is uh, Antonio Conte at Tottenham because it was his first, yeah, uh, Premier League uh, game in charge. Um, I suppose that. Well, it wasn't his first Premier League game. Which was, I'll correct myself there. It's his first Premier League home game in charge. Obviously, the, the Everton uh, game before the international break was his first Premier League game. Charles that finished goalless, but this one, this his first home game in the league against Leeds. There's been a bit of a pattern with, with Spurs in many games that they 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 seem to play better in the second half than the first half. That's exactly what they did against Leeds. Um, I suppose. The half-time team talk for this game was was one to say, get on it, play better than that, because you're playing under a new manager now, who's not Nuno, it's Antonio Conte. Get out there and perform best than what you're doing. Have a bit of a rocket at their backsides, maybe. That, for me, assume it sort of sums up what that game was about against Leeds for Spurs, because now you could possibly suggest that the Spurs team and the club and the fans feel rejuvenated. We could have a rejuvenated Harry Kane, maybe there's, again, Spurs could start looking at the table.
1: Absolutely. And you see, um, I read Antonio Conte very, very highly. I mean, look at his record, right? Track record. I mean, if you look at his track record, like I was reading somewhere since 2011, He has probably won more than Pep Guardiola, um, you know, including international uh, duty, right? Um, And and that second half is a sharp contrast to you mentioned about the first half against the first half. is the energy that he brings to the ground. I mean, you are backed by a new stadium, sixty thousand in the stadium, right? I mean, you, it can't get better than that. And to get that energy out of them, right? To encourage them to cheer up and to to go behind, go behind. You know, it it reminds me of the energy that Jurgen Klopp shows sometimes. And then if you remember like uh, Jurgen Klopp did something similar uh, during the first, in, in the first few months of, you know, they had a poor game, Liverpool played a poor game, and then he went to the crowd and, you know, stood in front of the crowd, and it was a 2-2 draw, but still people, you know, the the pundits criticized him. It's, It's not about that. It's about instilling the confidence among the fans that don't give up on us, be with us, right? And that's what Conte tried to do in the second half. Now, it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. This Tottenham side, um, unfortunately, if you look at the center back pair, it's 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 nowhere near top six level, to be honest with you, right? That's not a solution. You have a right back, and they also had some good recruitment, some poor recruitment. I mean, look at Emerson Royal, right? In the first goal, the lead goal, right? And by the way, second half was poor, uh, and second half they came back. But we also have to take in consideration that Leeds were without seven key players, right? I mean, if they had, I mean, they were without the, what? Bamford, Rafina, and all the quality players, right? If they had Rafina, forget about it. The game would have been lost. I mean, I'm t- uh, you know. Um, now, Emerson Raw, like, how could you buy that, that Barcelona bought the player and sold him nearly in the same window? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what, 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 you know, and, and he is poor, it's just poor, shoddy work, right? So he has tons of work to do at the back line. In the middle, yes, you have, uh, you know, Hober, right, uh, who got the goal, right? And then, but then you have Dambele, who is, I don't know, I don't know what's uh, the story with him, like, he came... He came, uh, I thought he was a quality player, but then with sometimes I feel like he's too lazy. He's not moving in the right direction. Conte will probably get something more out of that squad, but he probably needs at least five or six, uh, you know, uh, quick uh, replacements in that squad to to take him somewhere. So it's not going to be easy work. I think... Um, he will get some results definitely, which Nuno was not able to get. And Nuno was, you know, if I win against a side like City in the first game of the season, I would be charged up. I will make the, make sure that the crowd is charged up. But with Conte, you can get that. But Nuno, you will not get it, right? And and Conte is obviously, you know, you still talk about the year that he made Chelsea um, the champion with three at the back. I mean, who would have thought? Uh, you know, who was the player, the Liverpool discontent player, like uh, Moses, right? What's his name? Um, he was the star of the season at that, right? He played right back, right? So probably he will find something from the squad, one or two players. But I still, it's, it's still, again, like Arsenal, uh, Tottenham is also a work in progress. But with Conte, I'm more, um, I'm more uh, kind of uh, optimistic given his, you know, Quality, given his experience, given his uh, track record, right? And he has got a big club now. The infrastructure is there, the crowd is there, you know, and obviously his name is there to pull the right talent. Um, And if he can get a good, you know, center back and an attacker, probably this uh, season will be salvaged for them. But it was definitely a welcome change at Premier League having now three top quality managers or maybe four top quality managers in one league. It's unbelievable, right? So that's that's a good sign for the league. Well, I suppose uh, the
0: question on top of that is is what can Antonio Conte achieve at, at Tottenham? And of course, he has been named on the, the shortlist for best men's coach at the FIFA best of 2021 awards so obviously he he's won the Serie A title as a manager of Inter Milan last season of course obviously the nominations for best men's coach uh, for FIFA in 2021 he is alongside as you said at the start Guardiola, Thomas Tuchel and of course Diego Simeone at Atletico Madrid so obviously those winners will be announced in January 2022 but I think this the, the final question, Simon, because we're, we're running out of time. But um, how? What, what do you think he can achieve at, at Spurs, Antonio Conte? What What can he achieve? Because they're still in the, the Euro, um, not the Europa League, the, the Conference League,
1: Federation Conference, in the, in sorry, the conference, conference League. Yes.
0: They're still in with a shout of winning the Carabao Cup because they're they're in they're in the quarterfinals, and of course, he got an FA Cup as well. Oh. So, um, what can he achieve this season? And what do you think? Looking long term, do you think? Antonio Conte can achieve realistically at Tottenham?
1: Uh, realistically, I think getting into Europa would be an achievement for him. Um, anything beyond that, if he can get to the top four, um, which surely he can, given you know the gap is not so big, uh, still not so big, um, that would be kind of an overachievement in my opinion. But getting into Europa, uh, Europa League, would be an achievement. And that probably would be much more realistic and probably the expectation from the board as well, um, um, from the Conference League to Europa. And then probably he will get some money. And who knows uh, Harry Kane's future, right? Um, you know, if he wants to stay or no, do not want to stay and you can use that money, obviously Tottenham are not big spenders, right? And, you know, if he can use that money to buy something, I, I think. Uh, There are some discussions going on probably, Um, and they have a good, by the way, they have a good sporting director, let's not forget. And these things always, you always focus on the manager, right? You know, the manager, but it's a partnership, right? Uh, Paratici, the sporting director from, you know, they got fantastic, um, has a proven track record. And Conte, along with him, if they can recruit right, right? And probably, they can be. I don't think they they are favorite to be in the title race. Definitely not. But top four, yes, uh, that would be a big shout. Uh, but definitely going to Europa would be the realistic of for uh, Tottenham and Antonio Conte in the first season. Very good. There's
0: there's plenty of things for this, as I said, for this season for, for Antonio Conte to go for. I said the the three cups are all, that that can be won this season, and of course. The, the the quest for a top four place is not out of the question as as well. We mentioned that with Arsenal, so there could be a, an interesting North London rivalry between for that fourth spot. Obviously, West Ham involved as well, so there's lots of focus on on London for for, for that final spot in That's the right. table. Yeah. So, as you said, Simon, at the start we were twelve match weeks in, into the top flight, and it's already we've had sackings, we've had new appointments the title race has is, is changed, possibly down from, from four four clubs down to down to three. It just continues to enthrall, excite, and it's so unpredictable. We cannot I, cannot... I can't call who's going to win the title. I can't call who's going to finish in the top four. I don't think I can call who's going to be going down at the moment, but th- that's for another day. Plenty more discussion to come throughout the season. But for now, Sumit, thank you for, for taking the time to join me on the All Out Football podcast. Don't forget that All Out Football is a football website specialising in opinion-based articles. And we've had a few uh, player ratings and talking points and matches in terms of articles as well. So whatever you want to write about, then please do get involved. It's written by football fans across the UK. And of course, as Sumit is a, is a, a good example of also around the globe as well. So um, do get involved in the UK and across the globe as well. So thank you Sumit, for taking part. Thank you f- to our listeners. And I'll be back for another episode of the All Out Football podcast very soon.